Hi there and welcome to Global Heart Church. Uh, I'm Jared Keane, a senior pastor, and wherever you are tuning in from around the world today, really, really hope and pray that in our planning of this message that it's going to really inspire you for the great journey that you are on and uh, for the great calling that you have in your own life. So enjoy the message and really pray that it's a blessing to you today. I told, I think, every service, I'm so glad to be back in Australia. And uh, they tried to keep me out for a couple years, right? With this pandemic and everything. You guys were really shut down here in Perth. Uh, but we're back, and I'm excited. And uh, just, I, I do count you guys family. This is one of my favorite churches in the world. And uh, I get to travel a lot and, and speak a lot. And uh, you know, you, you just have such amazing pastors. Their heart for people is extraordinary. And, uh, you know, give, give Pastor Jared a, 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 and, and Sue a big hand right now. Just thank them. These guys are legends in the kingdom, and they've, they've impacted me personally. And uh, I'm so grateful for them and, and their heart. And uh, I love all the pastors here. You guys... Man, you guys spoil me when I come here, you know? We don't get this spoiled in America, you know? And uh, it's just, it's, it's overwhelming. I, I have so many gift baskets and, and, and different things that you give me, so if anybody wants some candy, some chips after service, I'll share it with you. But uh, it, it's so good, and thank you all for, for just encouraging me and, and, and serving me. And, and so I, I said this in the fir first service, but uh, Amber, so Amber, uh, uh, Jordan says to me, hey, you know, Pastor Craig, if you want to do the altar call, you know, the, the, the salvation call, you know, you can do it or you can have one of our staff members. And usually I do it. You know, I don't, I don't have a problem. Not, something in my, my head just goes, no, why don't you have, have them do it? Thank God. Amber is amazing. I mean, she, that was one of the best salvation calls. I'm not joking, Amber, I've heard. And she does it out of her experience, right? And just so powerful. But how many is thankful for your staff, your worship team? Come on, give them a big hand. They're amazing. And, you know, uh, I have probably known... Jordan, you know, the longest. I met Jordan, uh, I did a conference in, in, in Sydney and that was one of the first times I met Jordan. And uh, I, I believe, I've met few people that are just so full of joy. Like, you want to hang out with them, especially if you're down. You want to hang out with Jordan, right? You know, because he's going to give you that infusion of joy. And, you know, I, did, I was the one that asked him if he signed up for the membership for the Sun Bears, you know, <laughs> in the first service. Uh, Jordan, by the way, um, the person who tried to sell you that, they were in the service, and they were a little upset at you. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just joking around, because I'd like to sign up for the... No, anyway. Uh, but it's so good to be back and uh, so good to be a part. I feel like I'm at home. I feel like I'm a family. And I came for nine years straight to Australia and then it kind of stopped in 2019. So I felt like this is my second country, you know, because I came so much over those years. But you make me feel like I'm family. You make me feel at home. So God bless you guys. Thank you so much. Hey, how many is ready to receive something from God? I'm so proud of you. I want to say this. I'm so proud of you for being here today. Because your, day, your week's going to go better because you put God first coming here today. 
You could have done a lot of things. But the fact that you're here today, I'm so proud of you. And so get ready. I I believe God's going to bless your day and he's going to bless your week. And uh, give you those things and those those desires of your heart. I want to speak to you on a message uh, today called, Who Told You That? Who told you that? And if you want to turn your Bibles uh, to 1 John chapter 4, verse 4. You know, we're going to get told different things in our life. Sometimes we're told things by family members. Sometimes we're told things by teachers, coaches. Sometimes we're told things by friends. Many times it's encouragement. And sometimes we're told things that are really hard. (laughs) Sometimes we're told things that probably shouldn't have been told to us, but that person that told us they were maybe struggling with something or maybe dealing with something in their own life. So they kind of passed that on to us and we heard it and we went, oh, wow, that was kind of hard to hear. Sometimes we're told things that stop us from our destiny, that at one time we had this dream this, this, this desire, this promise that God put in our hearts. But somewhere on, along the line, we believe the who told you lies. We believe the lie of, of people. And then bigger, bigger than that, the lie of the enemy. The lie of the enemy is going to try to tell you things that are not true. He's going to try to, when you wake up in the morning, he's going to try to give you thoughts that, that aren't real. And, 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 and I want to talk about that. Who told you that? You know, in the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve were living confident and secure uh, with God. They knew they had his blessing and favor. But one day, the enemy deceived them into eating the forbidden fruit. And immediately they were afraid. They ran and they hid. And when God called out to Adam, he says, where are you, Adam? And Adam said, we're hiding because we're naked. Get this. The Bible says Adam and Eve knew no shame until they were deceived by the serpent. Some of us are living with shame that God never put on us. Then God asked, Who told you that you were naked? In other words, who told you that you were in this position, in this place? And God God was saying, I didn't put this shame on you. Who told you that? Well, God knew who it was, the deceiver. You see, the enemy loves to whip out who told you lies. Maybe you've heard some of these lies in your lifetime. Maybe early on in your life, like you'll never be good enough. Nobody wants you. You're, you're a failure. You're too short, too tall. <laughs> Nobody likes you, too weird, too different. You will never do anything with your life. I wish you were never born. You'll never be like your brother and sister. And the lies kind of go on and on and on. But I love what 1 John 4, 4 says. It says, you are of God, little children, and have overcome them because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. You see, the enemy loves to tell you who told you lies. And my wife and I experienced that. And they'll come at at the time when you're needing somebody to encourage you and civ encouragement, the enemy's gonna try to distract you. He's gonna try to take you off your game. He's gonna try to take you off your destiny. And that happened to me and my wife early on. We had two kids, a boy and a girl. My wife and I, Samantha, have been married over 32 years. And yeah, it's amazing. Amen. 
That's by far the longest I've ever went out with a girl, so it's a big deal, right? We had two kids, a boy and a girl, Corey and Courtney. Corey uh, works with me with Champions Club, and Courtney, she's a movie producer and uh, lives in Los Angeles, and, and she's going after her passion. And we thought we were done having kids. So I went and got that operation to be done having kids on a Thursday. And then my wife came in crying on the following Saturday. And she said, Craig, you won't believe this, but I'm pregnant. And then I started crying, <laughs> and it kind of got worse from there, right? And after we got through with the shock, you know, we were really excited, you know. And Connor was born, and, and he was just really like our other two kids. You know, he would play with other playmates. When they came over, he would give us a hug and a kiss and show so much emotion. He would say, I love you, Mommy and Daddy, and say so many words. But when he was about two and a half years old, everything shifted within two or three weeks time where he would play with other playmates. Now he would go and sit by himself and play by himself and stir off the wall where he would say, I love you, mommy and daddy, and say so many different words. Now he stopped talking altogether where he would give us a hug and a kiss and show so much emotion now he showed very little emotion and would look away from us. The only way I can really explain it, it was like a bad car wreck, where one day your child is one way, and another day they're another way. And we were like a lot of parents, we were trying to figure it out, we didn't really know what to do, we were, we were, we were trying to find out therapies and find out help, and, and we were praying and we were believing every day, and when, when Connor stopped speaking, he it's like he knew he could talk at one time, but now he couldn't get it out. So what he would do is he would point at things and, and he would try to get our attention or try to help us understand. And when we didn't understand, or maybe he was dealing with sensory issues or whatever it was, uh, he would have these terrible meltdowns. And these meltdowns just continued to get worse and worse. And I remember getting the diagnosis so you don't realize how powerful it is when your pastors and leaders speak over you powerful words. They're trying to tell you who you are because the enemy's gonna try to tell you who you're not. Every single day, the enemy's gonna try to tell you you're not enough. You're not worthy enough. You'll, you can never do this. That person's more talented and you start comparing yourself and, and, and comparison is the thief of all joy. And so, so sure enough, my wife called me and we, the, she gave me the diagnosis. I was driving home from work and, and I remember these voices. It was the enemy. And he started bringing the who told you lies. And he said, Craig, your child will never amount to anything. Your child's worthless. He'll never do anything in life. You'll always take care of him. He'll never have a job. He'll never live outside the home. You, 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 he's gonna be a burden on you all of your life. And I remember, instead of listening to those who told you lies, I remembered the messages our pastor preached. And he said that we're victims, and, or we're victors and not victims. 
that we can do all things through Christ. And instead of listening to those who told you lies, I hit the gas in my car and I drove home and I drove up my driveway and I picked up my little boy and I said, you are not a victim, you are a victor. You can do all things through Christ. You are more than a conqueror. See, I had a choice to believe the report of the enemy or believe the report of the Lord. And we're all gonna come to that place where the who told you lies are trying to stop us, right? They're trying to stop us from our destiny. And I remember during that time, I, we, when Connor was struggling with these, these uh, meltdowns, it just got worse and worse and worse. I'll never forget my wife was at a grocery store and she was with Connor and, and she was putting, uh, he wanted to get candy off the shelf and so she was putting the candy back on the shelf. He didn't understand. He probably had one of the worst meltdowns he'd ever had in that grocery store. My wife was just trying to make sure she didn't hurt himself. People around her were looking at her like, why aren't you disciplining your child? And it had nothing to do with that. She was just trying to make sure he didn't hurt himself. And she literally put her arms around his chest and had to almost drag him out all the way out through the store, all the way out to the parking lot until she finally got him in the car. And by the time she got in the car, she was physically and emotionally exhausted. She called me on the phone. I was driving on my way to work and she called me and she, she told me what had happened. And she said, Craig, I'm not sure if I can do this anymore. And you gotta understand, my wife's my hero. <laughs> She's one of the strongest people you'll ever meet. But I remember, even as a pastor, even coming from a church like this of hope, of, uh, of love, I, I was, it was probably my most vulnerable moment in my life. And I remember I was literally driving in the car and, and it was like Jesus was sitting in the seat next to me. It was the most intimate conversation I've ever had with God in my life. And I, I re remember just talking to God and I was driving. I just asked God, why? Have you ever asked God why when you're going through something? I just said, I asked God, why? God, why is Connor struggling so much? We're trying everything. We're doing everything. And I'll never forget what God spoke to me. It wasn't audible, but it was as close as audible as you can get. And he just said, Craig, your child's not a burden. Your child's a gift. And I said, God, I know what you mean. We love our son. We, 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 we love him, but God, he's struggling so much. We're trying everything. And God spoke to me again. He said, Craig, your child's not a burden. Your child's a gift. He said, you're looking at everything that's wrong with them. You're not looking at what's right. I said, God, what do you mean? And he said, Craig, I'm going to use your son to reach millions of people. Now, I've got to be honest with you. Is that okay? I, I couldn't see it. Even as a man of faith, at that time, I couldn't see it. And I remember picking up a bottle of water in my car. And I said, God, my son can't even ask for a drink of water. How's he going to reach millions of people? And I'll never forget what God spoke to me. And these are the four words God will speak to you when you feel like it's lost and there is no hope or you feel like you're in a desert time of your life. He'll usually speak these four words. And he just said this, do you trust me? And I didn't give him the pastoral answer. <laughs> I didn't have, oh, great God, the universe. I trust, I didn't have it. I said, God, you're all we've got. I tr but I trust you. I thought things were going to get better. 
And actually, things got worse. <laughs> That's what happens in the trusting time, right? The testing time, the meltdowns got worse, the struggles got worse. And if you're going through a time like that right now, I want to encourage you with something. I didn't have elaborate prayers to pray during that time. All I could say many times was, I trust you, or I'd speak the name of Jesus. And I found out with God, that was enough. If you can speak the name of Jesus, if you can say, I trust you, it's enough for God. Because about three months later, my wife came calling from upstairs and she said, Craig, Craig, get up here. I thought something was a matter. I ran upstairs. I said, what is it? She's crying. She said, Craig, I was putting Car to bed and I was reading him a couple of books. And she said, I was praying with him. All of a sudden he began to speak. He began to say one word after another word, one sentence after another sentence. Now you've got to realize I haven't heard my son put together two words in three years. I said, what do, you, what do you mean he began to speak? And tears were rolling down my cheeks. I said, he, she said, he spoke. I said, what did he say? I'll never forget. She walked me over his bed and she leaned over his bed and she said, Connor, say it for mommy and daddy. Say it again. And my little five-year-old boy lifted up his head and all of a sudden he began to speak his first words. And he said, this is my Bible. I am what says I am, I have what says I have, I can do what says I can do. Today I'll be taught the word of God, I boldly confess. My mind is alert, my heart is receptive, I will never be the same. He didn't stop. I'm about to receive the incorruptible, indestructible, ever-living seed of the word of God. I'll never be the same in Jesus' name. That was my son's first words that he spoke. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand clap. You see, what happened? Well, it was a miracle. <laughs> you see, he could have spoke any words. He could have spoke a Disney movie. He could have spoke any, The fact that he spoke a spiritual declaration. You say, Craig, what happened? Well, little do we know, if you know Lakewood, that's the declaration we speak as a congregation before every message. So little did we know, he, we were bringing the DVDs home of the messages. Connor was taking the DVDs upstairs and he would listen to those messages while he played. We had no idea he was doing this. And it didn't matter if the message changed, that declaration was at the front of every message. And that became the first words that he spoke. And we knew it was God because he could, have, he could have spoke anything. Well, a couple weeks later, I spoke at Lakewood about the God of the breakthrough. When you least expect it, God will break through. And we filmed Connor saying, this is my Bible. And you're going to see a little snippet of it right after he said it the first time he did. And I remember uh, uh, when I spoke, we're criers at Lakewood, right? <laughs> Probably like, you, you know, we cry. And, and Pastor Joel see at the front and he's just weeping over this miracle. And he walks up to me afterwards. He says, Craig, can I speak about this miracle? And a few weeks later, he spoke about Connor's miracle. And he showed Connor in the message saying his first words. And that video went viral around the world and millions of people saw that video. And we started getting emails from people all over the world, Africa, Australia. They were telling us how our son's testimony, his miracle had touched their life. And then the prophecy was fulfilled where God said, your son would touch millions of people in the car. Now it was fulfilled. Don't believe the who told you lies. 
When, God's, when the enemy said, your, your child will be worthless, he'll never accomplish a thing. See, that's the amazing thing about God. When we won't believe the who told you lies, God will do above and beyond. It doesn't mean your challenges change. You might have still the challenges, but God will give you just what you need when you need it. Yeah. Yeah. I remember I was walking through Lakewood Church, just like your children's program. I walked in between the service. You got an amazing children's program, by the way. And, and I mean, it has all the things. We didn't have that when I was a kid. <laughs> but, but I walked through Lakewood Church and, and, and God just stopped me. Second imminent conversation with God and he just stopped me and, and, and he said, Craig, look at what you're doing for typical kids. He said, it looks like Disneyland. He said, but look, look at what you're doing for special needs children and teens and adults. And we weren't doing very much at that time like most churches in the world. And he said, Craig, those kids deserve the very best just like every other child. He said, when you look in these kids' eyes, he said, who you're looking at is you're looking at me because when you do it in the least of these, you do it unto me. And favor will follow you and your church when you begin to reach out to these kids and families. Well, I didn't really know what to do. I was overseeing the ministries at Lakewood Church. That's a busy job. You know, I, I was walking through with, with, with my son and, and our family, and we had two other kids. And so we were, we were, but I knew how to put together a task force. And I just, I just asked God, you know, show me the people. And he took me to two researchers that were doing some of the top medical research on autism and special needs. And, and, and I went to them and naively, I didn't even know what they'd say. And, and I asked them to be a part of this task force. And immediately they said they would love to be a part of it. Then I went to two of the top special needs schools and their directors. And I asked them, they were doing innovative things. And I asked them to be a part of this. And immediately, remember I said, God said, favor will follow you. Immediately they said, yes, we'd love to be a part of that. We haven't heard so I doing that. And then I went to the most important special needs mom and dads because they're the ones walking through it with their kids. And we went with our ministry team and for an entire year, we worked what would become the Champions Club. And it's a holistic approach, mind, body, soul, and spirit. So there's a physical, physical therapy station, there's a sensory station, there's a creative learning or educational station, and there's a spirit station. And we took typical classrooms, we transformed the classrooms, and the, our kids are developed just like every other child. And so within these things, we didn't know how far ahead of its time. It's still ahead of its time in a lot of degrees because of the people God put together. And when we launched it at Lakewood Church, over 300 families started coming to Lakewood Church just because of the Champions Club. Let me tell you, sometimes we're fishing from the same pond. Here's a pond nobody's fishing in. And I'm so excited that we're gonna do something right here. And we're gonna work together. And these families are gonna come from the north and the south and the east and the west of Perth and the surrounding areas. And they've been told the who told you lies. They've been told what their ch child can't be, but you're gonna tell them who they can be. You're gonna tell them who they are in Christ. You're gonna tell them what they can become and who their family can become. And you're gonna help them become everything God created them to be. <sighs> Don't believe the who told you lies. You see, the who told you lies, it's kind of like this. See, the enemy doesn't have to destroy you. He just has to distract you. 
If he can distract you with who told you lies, he'll stop you right where you're at or you'll get comfortable, you'll forget your dream, whatever it is. You know, if you've ever been to a circus performance or watched one on television, you would have been familiar with the act involving a lion and its trainer. How many's ever seen that before, right? But have you ever wondered why besides holding a whip and maybe holding a stool like this, why the trainer holds that and, 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 and you know, really holds that and he puts it in front of the beast. Can we put that up there? And he puts it in front of the beast and he, he kind of lunges the, 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 the chair at him and then he might crack the whip. And this beast, this lion is sitting on a stool like this and he doesn't move from the stool. And it's interesting, the whole idea is distract the lion. You see, as powerful as this beast is, it can be immobilized by distractions. If this man-eater is not distracted from time to time, it just might decide what it's capable of and mold the trainer to death. See, the devil is like the trainer. He knows that you have God's power inside you because the Lion of Judah is in you. And he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. So what the devil tries to do is take your power and immobilize you with the who told you lies. The problem with most people is they've chosen the wrong voice so long, they don't know who they really are anymore. They don't know what they're capable of. Like the lion, they don't really know what they can do. And they've let the enemy train their mind. They've let people label them, tell them what they're not, what they can't do. Sometimes we've allowed circumstances to define them, mistakes, disappointments. Now they've lost their passion. If you let these voices play, it will keep you from your destiny. But let me encourage you with something. The only one who knows who you really are is your creator. And he calls you a masterpiece. He says you've been fearfully and wonderfully made. He says that you're beautiful. He says that you're talented. He says that you're strong, that you can do all things through Christ. So here's what God is asking you today. Who told you that you're not good enough? That you're just average? That you can't accomplish your dreams? Who told you that? I want to tell you, those negative thoughts didn't come from our God. Don't let the enemy deceive you. You are a child of the Most High God. Don't let the enemy put that shame on you. You are a child of the Most High God. He doesn't put that shame on you. You see, Sam and I had to do that. When we were told about our son Connor and what he could do and what he couldn't do, and how many times we were told he may never have a job, he may never live outside of the home. He may never do anything in their life. God reminded us of who he created him to be. Watch this. You know, when you, know, when you first get that diagnosis of autism, um, you're not sure what to think. You're not sure what is this going to look like for my child. And, and a lot of times it's so overwhelming, you know, just to know that you had a vision for your child and now that vision's probably gonna change. Obviously fear enters in, the unknown enters in, and things like he's never gonna be independent. He'll never possibly speak or communicate. I am as this I am. I have as this I have. 
I can do this as I can do. You know, he'll never have a job. He'll never be independent. It was just a lot of things that we had to either say, okay, this is the life that we're going to have, or we could choose to, to believe God and to hold on to hope and know that, that there, even though it's different than what we expected, that God can still use that and that um, Connor is still able, you know, and that there's still hope and potential. When the parents first come, I think they've been told many times by lots of different professionals that their child isn't going to be able to do certain things. Uh, and sometimes simple things. They won't be able to dress themselves. They won't be able to take care of their basic needs. Uh, I've had parents tell me that he won't even be able to carry his own lunchbox into the school. Again, we take their approach that why not? We know he can. Everybody can learn something. We just have to teach the way that they learn. I tell the parents to erase all the preconceived notions in their mind and, and, and don't limit these guys. Don't, and I call it the ceiling. Don't create a ceiling that's not there and doesn't need to be there because they never know. You come in contact with the right people, the right heart, right dedication, right plan for your child, anything's possible. Connor recently graduated from the, the academic part of, of schooling and he's now in a transitional boarding school where he has roommates, he's living outside of the home, he's, um, he does chores, he works a job outside, he's worked with landscaping, he does um, household chores, makes his, his bed, does his laundry, helps with cooking, helps with cleaning, and then even more recently he's actually got a job outside of the home that yeah. we're really proud about. Connor, you've got a big announcement. Tell us what it is. I got a new job at Waterburger. You did wow! And what are you going to use your money to buy? Cheeseburger french fries. This is huge. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't think people know what a big deal it is for them to have a job out in public. and. And we're so thankful for a company like Whataburger because the amazing thing with them is it's one thing to get a job, it's another thing for them to work with them through that job. I feel like that if people with disabilities need a job and is willing to go the extra mile to do what you're asking them to do, it should never be to where they get turned around at the door. Everyone needs a chance. Connor's doing one for Whataburger. He's been here, what, about three months now? And he work, he comes to work. You know, if he switches his hours up, he come to work ready, happy, ready to go. Well, it seems that no matter where we go to Whataburger's at, we always see that they do hire people with disabilities. And that's encouraging to know that they reach out to the people that need jobs. That's one of the reasons we do come to Whataburger, because we see that they uh, encourage that. They're getting so much prep work done now that the night crew doesn't have anything to do. <laughs> and so it, it, it's, it's unbelievable to see him living with some independence in his life. And... <laughs> We're so thankful. Yeah. Just, it was, I think, a dream that we didn't even know to dream about. It just kind of... It, fell into place and it's just been such a huge blessing and he's so proud also to have his little uniform and to, to have a schedule and he knows what days he works, he knows what hours he works and so it's it's an ownership, a, you know, responsibility that he's really enjoying. It's been a good experience. Yeah, it just reminds you when Pastor Joel talks about these words he speaks over us every week, he's trying to tell you who you are and 
What the enemy will try to do is tell you who you're not, what you can't do, what you can't achieve. Every week when you speak these words over you, when you say, I'm a masterpiece, I can do all things through Christ. I'm beautiful, I'm talented and everything. They're not just words. They're things that if you'll let go down inside of you, it'll help you reach your destiny. Yeah. I'm emotional because that just happened a few months ago. Don't believe the who told you lies. Don't believe when somebody says you can't accomplish anything, you can't do anything. You know, the interesting thing is when we launched Champions Clubs, little did we know God was going to take that farther than we ever thought or could imagine. You see, now there are 114 Champions Clubs in 20 countries. And kids and families from all over, yeah. I love one of your worship leaders from Zambia. You know, she was leading worship. We just launched the first one in Zambia, in Mangu. And four, 50 families started coming to the Champions Club, 49 without dads. And these mothers came, and, and I remember just asking them a couple months ago, I said, you know, why do you come? Why, why, are, you, why are you apart at everything? Why do you walk five to 10 miles to get here? And every mother said, it's the first time we've ever been loved. It's the first time we've ever been accepted. And there's my son touching people all over the world. And the amazing thing with him, Jordan, he doesn't even realize it. He steals no glory from God. God continues to use him in that way. Listen, you have to believe what God says about you. There are too many people that are more influenced by what people say they are instead of who God says they are. If you don't know who you are, someone will tell you who they think you should be. Today, I want to encourage you, know that God sees your potential. He knows what you're capable of. You may feel weak, but God calls you strong. You may be intimidated, but God calls you confident. You may feel less than, but God calls you well able. Get in agreement with God and start believing what he says about you. You, see, you may feel that you're average today, you may think you're ordinary, but God sees you as a champion. And he believes in you and regards you as strong. As a matter of fact, I want you to say this with me today. I am strong, say it with me. I am courageous. I am successful. I am an overcomer. I feel better already. <laughs> you gotta speak, the, David encouraged himself. You gotta speak those things over yourself. You may not see yourself that way, but that doesn't change God's image of you. God still sees you exactly as his word describes. Dare to start seeing yourself as God sees you as a child of the most high God. And you know what will happen? See, you're gonna begin to bring all these families in. And they've been told that their child will never accomplish anything. They've been told that they're not good parents. They've been told what they can't do. But guess what Global Heart Church is gonna tell them? That their, their kids are champions, that they can do great things in life. That they're gonna do things that their parents never thought. Here's the deal, if God can do it for Connor, can he do it for them? And when that happens, then it shifts. Because you're not only gonna minister to them, but just like a Lakewood, they're going to turn around and minister to you. And now at Lakewood, you know, we have job fairs where we had over 
jobs like Amazon and, and, and Starbucks, over 300 teens and adults applied for jobs at our job fair with special needs. We had, we had resource fairs, and we do a special needs weekend that you're going to see right here. And the special needs weekend, the special needs kids, teens, and adults minister to the congregation. And in this video you're going to see right here, you're going to see the power of when you speak things over people's lives. And when they take it in, believe it, and believe what God says about them, they begin to minister and touch other people's lives. Watch this.
Well, church, can we just thank Pastor Craig for that? Thank you, Pastor Craig. Church, you can take, take your seats. We just want to do a couple of things as we start wrapping up the service. Um, first is we are so excited. As a Thank you so much for joining us online today. Really great to have you with us. And special thanks to those also who give online. Your generosity is making the way for others to hear the message of Jesus, both here in Australia and around the world. If you enjoyed today's message, I'd love to encourage you to share this message with a friend, a workmate, a family member. And let's believe together that it will powerfully impact their life for good in Jesus' name. If you're unable to be with us at one of our church locations, uh, both here in Australia and around the world, please join us online every Sunday for Global Heart at Home on YouTube. God bless and have a great week.